everyone. Welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 36. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. If it's your first episode, welcome. If you've been listening, thank you so much for coming back. As always, I just have to start by saying thank you so much to everyone who has reached out and sent messages and reviewed the podcast. That is very helpful to other people who might be looking for a podcast like this one and the reviews really help. But I really appreciate all the the sweet messages and just hearing from you guys. It is just my my favorite part of doing all of this. Um, So keep them coming. Thank you so much. And today I have a really great episode. I am talking with another wonderful autism mama. Her name is Sarah Lex. And we talk all about her journey with her, her son. And we get into some of the more difficult issues around therapy and just getting the right insurance and all that kind of more technical stuff that goes into it that is often really difficult for many families and so we we touch on that because they definitely had had some hurdles to to figure out with that and then also just like once you get started with therapy sometimes you know there's there's some difficulty there too with just getting the right team in place so some really important things to talk about that I don't think have come up too often before on the podcast so I really enjoyed talking with her she's just a sweetheart so I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Sarah Hi, Sarah. Hello. How are you? Good. Welcome to Adventures in Autism. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Sarah and I were just chatting a little bit before we started the call. I, I came across Sarah's account on, fa- on an Instagram. I think it was through um, the Spectrum Compass because I had just done a little, a little piece for them. And I, I, did you do one too? Um, yes. Okay. So that was how, how I initially found you. Um, but you were someone who I just right away could tell it was like real, (laughs) (laughs) which I really appreciate. So I was like, I, I need to follow this girl. I need to see what's up. Um, and then I just, I, I felt like I needed to get you on the podcast so I can hear more to your story. Cause like I was saying, I don't, I don't know like a whole lot about how things started for you and, on this autism journey. Yeah. So if you will kind of take us back to the beginning and where things really started. Yeah. Um, well, Owen is my oldest. Owen's five and a half. Um, and everything about the pregnancy was pretty easy. Um, I had a lot of nausea, but other than that, I felt really good. I worked, you know, up until his, you know, the day he was born and, um, everything was easy. And, um, then as far as there was a little bit of complication with, um, delivery and, um, a really long labor. Um, and ultimately it ended up in an emergency cesarean. Um, so he came and was healthy and perfect weight, perfect color. Um, and, um, he hit most of his milestones, I mean, pretty much right on time. Um, I mean, he was crawling, crawling and um, he had great eye contact. Um, he ate well. Um, he was on formula early because um, he had a lot of um, 
reflux issues. Mm-hmm. And at first, um, we had him evaluated um, because he couldn't keep food down at all. So they thought that maybe it was um, pyloric stenosis. So the little valve um, at the opening of the stomach, it wouldn't stay closed mm-hmm. after he would eat. Um, anyway, long story short, he ended up just being on hypoallergenic formula um, because we thought it was a milk allergy. But then we also thought it was a soy allergy, what have you. Um, mm-hmm. So once we got on the hypoallergenic formula, things like progressed fine from there and he finally started to gain weight. Um, but like I said, his milestones, he hit them all. Um, the only thing looking back that as a first time mom, I didn't realize was a thing, um, was he never really pointed to anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, he would do like animal sounds and things like that. Um, but he couldn't point to it. Um, but I didn't realize that that was a thing until I had Mm -hmm. more kids, (laughs) but (laughs) Um, so then about, um, I would say like 14, 15 months, I started to notice a change, um, in Owen and, um, we had kind of plateaued with his vocabulary. Um, he had words, he had eye contact, but he wasn't really picking up on anything new. Um, he definitely wasn't saying two words at a time, um, It was kind of just the same things. Um, He could count and say numbers and things that were kind of, you know, that he could memorize. Yeah. um, But not really necessarily identify. Um, So I started to notice that. And then along with that, I noticed some increased aggression and behaviors, um, self-injurious behaviors, Mm -hmm. um, banging his head and... um, throwing things, biting, things like that. Um, So I kind of spoke with a pediatrician about it, I think, um, at his 15-month appointment. And Mm -hmm. um, she didn't seem super concerned. She said, well, let's have him evaluated by, you know, birth to three and maybe get him in some private speech therapy. Um, So we did both of those things. Um, And after maybe a month or two, in speech therapy, he was going two times a week for an hour each time. Um, I still wasn't seeing much difference. Um, and of course, looking back now, you're like, well, of course, because he clearly needed way more than, <laughs> way more than that. But um, I kind of sought out on my own to get him evaluated for autism. Um, was so- it? We're putting together the pieces of these like different, you know, like behaviors and you, and so it was you that kind of had like the alarm bells going off, like, Hmm, there might be more to this or like what actually made you want to seek that, that diagnosis? I think, um, I, I had it in the back of my mind, but it was more so, um, like, I think looking back, it was kind of a denial thing. It was like, Mm -hmm. no, it can't be. So let's just rule it out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had a really hard time with that. Um, Even just like making the phone call um, to have him be seen. And um, how old was he when, when you started that process? 
Um, he was 16 months. He was really young. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I am. You were on it. <laughs> I, it was just so, I mean, I was home with him too. Uh-huh. So I think that makes a difference. Um, I think I had that advantage whereas, uh-huh. you know, some people don't. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, it was so hard to watch him be so, I mean, he couldn't say anything to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had lost, he, we regressed all of those animal sounds, you know, then I would oh, ask, okay. he would just, you know, look at me. He wouldn't even say it any longer. Um, you know, he used to say mom and then he didn't, you know, it, it all just went away. Okay. Um, so I think I was like, okay, there has to be something. I need to call this something so that I know what lane to go in to help him. Yeah. Um, Were you familiar with autism, like, before you had your son? Um, only, like, very, very, very limited. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two cousins um, who are autistic. One, well, one is autistic. One has Asperger's. Um, and... Um, so I had that like growing up, but obviously they're peers, right? Because they're cousins. So it's not like I have, you know, right. I did, I wasn't much older than them, so I didn't know a ton. Um, and, um, and then out of high school, I worked um, as a caretaker for some um, special needs adults in the area. Oh, okay. So I did a little bit of that, mm-hmm. um, but again, it was like, you know, they're living in a community of other special needs adults. So right. they're still on their own, you know, so they're very, very high functioning. Mm-hmm. Um, but they might just have, you know, some social behaviors and things like that. Yeah. So extra. Yeah. Their guidance. Um, yes. Okay. Sorry. But that's it. That, no, it's okay. Well, it's just interesting to me because I feel like a lot of times, especially when I talk to people who it's their first child, um, yeah. it seems like a lot of things kind of go under the radar, especially yeah. when, like you said, he was, he was like meeting milestones and mm-hmm. it wasn't like the doctor was super concerned. So I right. really just, I'm impressed with you that you had, <laughs> had like that, you know, that mom's intuition to be like, no, something else is going on here and that you yeah. pressed forward. Yeah. I think that goes, that, that says a lot about, about you as a mother for sure. Aww. Yeah. It was just so hard to just see him so upset and I you know like I said I couldn't I couldn't fix it you know and I to just like how I couldn't imagine I just empathized like I felt like physically like I was feeling pain like yeah I can't imagine how your brain is feeling right now you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like if I'm feeling overwhelmed I can speak you know Mm -hmm. I can't imagine well especially Um, if like you said that he was having like like self-injurious behavior mm-hmm. we have been lucky and we have not dealt with anything like that but mm-hmm. I not too long ago was in my son's classroom and there was a little boy in his class that has um like much more severe autism mm-hmm. and and he was he was like hitting himself and I it took everything in me not to just break down yeah because as I was watching him all I could think about were his parents and I'm like yeah this, if this were my son and I was watching him just and you can tell he's he's doing it out of frustration and anger Mm -hmm. doesn't know what else to do so this is his reaction to it and it was so heartbreaking he literally was hitting himself so hard that he was like getting welts and it was just 
it gutted me. And I got into my car after I left the school and I broke down because it was just so, so heartbreaking to see that. So, I mean, like I, and I'm not, I don't know if your son was like to that, that extreme, but I'm, I'm sure as a mother, I can only imagine like how, how difficult it is to, to be in those situations. And like you said, like, you're just like, I got to figure out whatever I can do. Yeah. I mean, and when you're thinking, I remember thinking about it, like, you know, he would be banging his head repeatedly on the wall. I mean, like on the wall, on the window, on the hardwood floor. I mean, I'm not talking like on the couch. (laughs) I mean, it was, um, you know, hard surfaces. And I just remember like you're in the beginning, you might not think autism unless you have all these other things. But then my mind is thinking, oh my gosh, does he have like head pain? Is there like a tumor? You know, like you're thinking of all these ridiculous things, but but you don't know until mm-hmm. you know. Well, I'm sure all that banging is causing head pain. Right. That's so you're be, just... Oh my gosh. That's, yeah. That's hard. Would he... Now, like when he was doing that, would he cry? Like would he like literally hurt himself no. doing that? I mean, he... I mean, yes. There were... I mean, there have been times where there have been marks, but yeah. he never... No, there was no pain. I mean, he was screaming because he was angry, yeah. but he wasn't crying. What a, um, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's so tough. Okay. So that, yeah. so all these things combine what really spurred you to right. that diagnosis. Okay. And then you and I also had spoken before, like neighbors were Midwestern gals. I live in Illinois. Yes. <laughs> Sarah lives in Wisconsin. We're not that far from each other. <laughs> um, and so what, what's the process like there? Like, as far as like actually getting the diagnosis, like once you're like in the whole, cause it takes a while. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we had a little bit of a roller coaster there. Um, like I said, we went to, um, get a, a diagnosis or my, and, um, I went to an autism clinic in the area and, um, I, you know, there's obviously, I'm sure like you to a bunch of paperwork beforehand yeah. before you get there. <laughs> um, and then this particular place was, um, one two hour appointment, Um, And I remember thinking, even before we got there, like, okay, they are not going to be able to know him in one two-hour appointment. Yeah. You know, like, how can you say without a doubt that this is a thing by only knowing someone for two hours? Mm -hmm. That seems crazy. Um, But we went, and long story short, you know, she said, yes, moderate to severe, um, you know, recommended him immediately for ABA, you know, 32 hours a week. Um. And I just left there and sobbed the entire 30 minute drive home. Mm-hmm. Didn't say a word to my husband. It was just hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um, I can definitely relate to that. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. sure. Um, yeah. and, and then, so how old was he when you actually got the diagnosis? He was 16 months. So that was like, so it happened. You got the diagnosis pretty quickly. Yeah. We got into that first um, appointment. I think we only waited, you know, maybe four weeks or so. That's crazy. I was on a wait list for like, I think it was eight months. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ridiculous. Oh. I, and I don't know, like I did try to find, I called her on a ton to try yeah. to find places that would get us in sooner. But I had a really, and my son was at this point, he was like three when we were like really going forward with the diagnosis. Yeah. And there were a lot of places that wouldn't take him because they said he was too young. So that's why mm-hmm. 16 months. Although I guess if they're an autism clinic, they probably, they Right. Or they do see all ages. We right. took him to a developmental pediatrician 
that mm-hmm. was what was recommended to us like by his pediatrician and it, but it was a much more like thorough process I will say yeah um, yeah so that's probably good but yeah oh man it was it was a long wait for sure yeah that is a long wait yeah um, when we left there too um I also was like well we took him to an autism clinic so of course he's gonna have autism because they want our money yeah <laughs> so um I also made then two more appointments after that for a second and third opinion oh wow um so from there I made another appointment with um, a neuropsychologist mm-hmm. in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one we had to wait almost three months to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a little less than three months. Um, and then in between that time and the first time, um, while we were waiting, I got a second opinion from another, um, ABA clinic as well. Um, so both of those, um, also same autism diagnosis. Um, the third one with the neuropsych, she had specifically asked me, so do you already have a diagnosis? And I told her no, because I did not want yeah. that wavering, you know, I didn't want them to be skewed. Right. Mm-hmm. Or relax their opinion about it or just go with what everybody else said. Um, and then afterwards she had told me because they tried to bill the insurance and she said, well, it came back that you had already had one. And I said, that's fine. I will 100% pay for it. I just wanted your unbiased opinion. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so once you got, I mean, I'm sure after even just the second, but obviously that third diagnosis where you like, okay, like yes. I'm, I'm caught. <laughs> like, And it was completely fine. You know, I think I just needed that last, like, like I said, you know, unbiased you know, mm-hmm. she was not going to benefit from telling me that he needs ABA therapy or he doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, she's just there. Um, so, I mean, I wasn't, I remember I was a little sad, but I wasn't like I was before, you know, I was like, okay, perfect. I know what I have to do now mm-hmm. and we're, we're going to do it. You had like, um, accepted it by that point. Yes. Point. Okay. Yep, I had. Mm-hmm. So, so from there, because he was so young, um, did you guys start ABA right away? Um, no. So we had that last diagnosis at 18 months, and then she had given us, you know, the names of ABA companies to reach out to. So, okay. Um, so we do that, but then they say, you know, it's um, up here for, I think it was, they quoted us like 35 hours a week or something um, was what he was slotted for uh-huh. um, but it was five to six thousand dollars a month oh my god um, so literally then um jeff and i are like okay so we don't have that lane around right so now what <laughs> um, yeah so um we check with uh, my husband's private insurance because in the state of wisconsin if your company is over 400 employees you have to offer ABA service coverage okay Jeff's company is over 400 because it's a global company so then um we got excited Mm -hmm. so um we had applied for two um ABA companies um to be seen at Mm -hmm. so we were about you know they were checking benefits and things and then they come back to us and say you're actually not covered under this insurance. 
And I said, well, how is that? So like, mm-hmm. there's this law, you know, here's the number. It's like 506 point, whatever. <laughs> I like, yeah. it all like, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they said, well, also, if your company is over that many in the state of Wisconsin, the company can opt out of that avenue. Oh, and that God. is what they have done. So, Ugh. which means they don't have to cover it at all. So now we're back to square one. And there were some dark days in there. And, you know, I, at the time also, um, now I have a newborn. I was nine months pregnant when we got this diagnosis for oh my God. Um, So um, now I have a newborn and this. And um, we were pretty low. I mean, we were like, okay, so we can sell the house and move into a condo and then we'll have X amount to afford several months of this therapy. Mm -hmm. We have several toys like motorcycles and things. We can sell that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so we're trying to think of all these avenues and each of our parents were like, okay, here's a couple thousand. Here's a couple thousand. You know, we can do this for maybe a year until we figure something else out. Mm Mm-hmm. And at this point, we're thinking like, oh, a year's got to be better than nothing, right? You know, we're still so blind to this whole yeah. process. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I start thinking like, well, we could maybe apply for state insurance, um, Medicaid. Mm-hmm. And um, so we apply for that. And we were told that um, it could be uh, anywhere from six to eight months to hear anything if we we're approved or not. Mm-hmm. After a week, I hear back that we aren't approved because our income is too high. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, perfect. (laughs) What do we do? Yeah. How high is too high? Are you kidding me? Like, Mm -hmm. so you go to college and you get a good degree and you work hard and now you can't have these services because you make too much. Mm -hmm. But regardless of what we made, we don't have an extra 6,000 laying around. Yes. this every month and you had like no was it just that one company that denied you because of your husband's insurance I mean there there was like no like loopholes like there's gotta be something (laughs) yeah I mean well that was the state Medicaid insurance so we were denied for that like there wasn't any other Mm -hmm. um so we could apply for grants and do things like that which we did um And through applying for those grants, we found um, that there is another program in Wisconsin called Katie Beckett. um, And that is a loophole for um, families who are denied due to income. So this Katie Beckett program is for those families that make too much but still can't afford it. it. So we applied for that Katie Beckett program. And then we waited for, gosh... 10, 11 months. Um, So we finally then got accepted um, through the Katie Beckett program, which meant, you know, 100% coverage for Owen. (gasps) That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was a long road to get there, but it's a happy ending. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyone in Wisconsin who's listening, (laughs) (laughs) if you are in similar situations, Katie Beckett. That's incredible that they have yes. that. Oh, we Thank have God. That. Yeah. No, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I had some difficulty with insurance and coverage, even though, like, the company that we use for ABA, 
before we even got started with them, that was like one of the things they were like, we will, you know, double, triple, quadruple check that everything's going to be covered. And at the time we, Logan and I, and the kids, we had private insurance, like outside of my husband's work insurance, Mm -hmm. um, basically just because his friend sold insurance and he like got us a good deal. Sure. So, and it was like it written in there that like autism services would be covered. So they were, you know, checking on everything. They're like, okay, they, they do take your insurance, but we've had some issues before with this company. So we were kind of thinking like, okay, we might have, we might run into problems, but it should be okay. Well, long story short, what ended up happening was our insurance, instead of like immediately renewing itself and like the new year, you have to be the one to like actually like physically go in and renew things. So there was my- two days where our coverage had, had lapsed. And then my husband like, you know, picked it back up and we started back up again. Mm-hmm. Well, because we, I don't even know like the whole thing, but because we, it had lapsed and then it started back up, they were now viewing Logan's autism as a pre-existing condition. Get so, out. Yes. Even though they used to cover it. Now they're like, no, we can't cover it. So at that oh, point, my. yeah, over so two days, point, they were like, okay, um, I think it was like $11,000 that they said that, that we owed them. Um, cause insurance like wasn't covering anything. And we were like, oh my gosh, what? This is crazy. And I'm like yeah. calling insurance. I'm crying with them. Like I mm-hmm. can't, you know, I can't stop my son's services. Like this is our lifeline. Right. I mean, it was just like a mess back and forth with that. We finally get all that figured out. And then just more recently, we've also been having issues with insurance. I mean, it's just like never ending. Yes. <laughs> it's like always something. Cause even when, even when it is covered, yeah, it just, it's still, there's still just issues that arise. That is something that it's come up a few times on the podcast before. And it just seems like there, there's gotta be there's got to be a better way to handle this stuff. It's just like, it's so frustrating. And kind of like you were saying, like, as you know, as parents, it's like, all you want to do is, is help your kid. But it's like, mm-hmm. at the very basic level, like you have to be able to afford it. And and there's right. a lot of people that are stuck and they really can't afford it. And mm-hmm. there was, yeah, just a couple months ago, we got, I got this bill for now it was $27,000. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't have $27,000 <laughs> sitting in my bank. Like, yeah, I don't right. have that. And I'm like, I literally said to the the finance woman, I'm like, do people pay this? Do people just have this money? Like, like yeah. where does it come from? Like, unless you're like a millionaire, I just don't, right. I don't understand it. It's crazy. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I'm off on a tangent, but I'm very, I feel very, no. strongly. <laughs> I feel very yeah. strongly about these things. And, and it's I, true. I, like, I, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. I mean, I just pray that things, we find a way to, to make these services more accessible for everybody because mm-hmm. there, there are so many children on the spectrum that need these services and whether or not they can afford it should not be the deciding factor. Right. Like you're saying, like, okay, we'll sell our house. But I mean, like it does. I think it comes down to that for a lot yeah. of people. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. So then how old was he when he actually started ABA? Um, so we got approved um October of gosh, what was that? Twenty sixteen? Um or 2015, October 2015, and then we started in March of 2016. Okay. Would mean that he was 
three. So he was pretty young. Yeah. Um, and then once you started with ABA, did you like immediately see a difference with it or how did that go for you guys? Um, no, it was pretty slow going in the beginning. Um, we started out with, um, the company that we're with now. Um, and, um, for a few, I mean, they ramp up obviously with services too. Um, you know, we didn't just start at 20 hours a week, you know, it was three hours a week and because we only had one staff at the time and it was our senior, um, and then, you know, they hire for our company hires specifically for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't just have like a pool of staff to pull from. Yeah. Which is bittersweet, I think. You know, it's nice, but it's also like, come on, let's get this show on the road here. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> but um, we had a lot of turnover in the beginning. Um, we've had several issues with some staff members um issues like um literally just not showing up (laughs) yeah Um, that's a problem yeah um and then you know I would like try and just mention it to them only you know like this doesn't have to be a thing I don't have to say anything to anybody but I do need you here right Um, but then you know the next week would come and nobody would come again and I would have no warning. And at this point I also have now Owen, who's three. I have my 18 month old Noah, who was the newborn. And now I also have baby number three, who is a newborn. Oh my word. So, (laughs) you know, like it's, my life isn't revolving around this, Mm -hmm. but I'm trying to make it revolve around this. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, not only are my other kiddos missing out on things we could be doing, you know, because right. now you're not here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a lot of issues with that in the beginning. Um, and there were, I think, of total in two and a half years. Um, we've had four staff that I've just had to say, look, they need to be removed from the team. Mm-hmm. I understand that that's going to be less hours for my kid, but they're not here for those hours anyway. Yeah, so totally. mm-hmm. <laughs> is he really losing out? Probably not. I had a very similar situation recently um, because we've been pretty lucky. Like the first year of APA, we had the, we had like our BCBA. Yeah. We had our BCBA and then he actually had, he had three like revolving therapists. So the first year, like everything went amazing. They all were like so invested. Like everyone came when they were supposed to, Mm -hmm. there was a conflict, like we knew about it in advance. So I don't know if we just got kind of spoiled or what. Everything was amazing. And then one of his therapists left the company um, to just kind of pursue another part of her degree. And then the other, she would have stayed with us, but Logan went from preschool to full day kindergarten. So, okay, yeah. So he, then he needed like, you know, after school hours and she already had sure. that time because she was on a different team. So it was kind of like, we just had to figure out how we yep. could kind of piece it together so they ended up finding someone for us pretty quickly. Cause like you were saying, they, they do have like a pool that they kind of pull from. Okay. Sometimes there's like nobody like available in that pool, sure. um, but they also do try to match you with like, you know, people who are like used to that, like the similar age to your child, sure. things like that, similar like traits, things like that. Yep. 
So they had found us a new person and we were really excited. Logan seemed to really like her right off the bat. And she was like somewhat new to the company, but she did seem like very eager and she was really seemed like really invested for the first like you know couple weeks (laughs) yeah um and then she had like some some kind of like family stuff going on so we did start to see less of her and it's like you don't want to be you don't want to be rude to someone because it's like especially when they have other things going on so it got to the point where I finally just said I'm like you know do do you think this is like going forward like a good position for you and I said this with her with the BCBA too because I'm just like it seems like we are we're missing out on sessions like left and right mm-hmm. and it would be she would she would usually tell me but there were times that it was honestly like 20 minutes before a session like oh hey I'm not uh. today and I'm like oh okay great and sometimes it was like oh like these appointments got mister turned around and I'm not really sure but one of the times she was like, oh, she's like, I just, I just realized that I don't feel good. <laughs> what? <laughs> like literally 20 minutes before the session. Like, she's like, like, aren't you probably in your car driving? Right. Like, <laughs> at this point, like, it just hit me and it came on so suddenly. And so I just think it's best to cancel. And I'm like, what in the world? So, and so initially she was like, yeah, I think it's, it's best if I kind of remove myself, but she's like, I will stay on until you find a replacement for me. So then it finally got to the point where I had said to his BCBA, I'm like, this is causing more harm than good. Cause it's like, yeah. she says she's going to be, cause she's like, well, she's doing us a favor by staying out. I'm like, but is she doing us a favor? <laughs> because she's right. not here. And like you said, when you have other kids, you know, the yeah. time, the time, like you, you've set that aside and you, you think that's what's going to be happening. So like you're home and your other kids aren't doing anything. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well now we have this whole afternoon free, but like, we don't have anything to do now because we were playing right. therapy. It's definitely, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of moving parts involved with it for sure. We actually just recently got like our full team like situated and mm-hmm. they, think we're in a good spot now <laughs> that's so good yeah we have one one of the original therapists still from last year who was like our mainstay and she's awesome mm-hmm. um, and his bcba is still the same but then we have two new kind of rotating therapists who so far so good so we're just keeping our fingers crossed but i definitely i don't think that's come up on the podcast before i know i mean i've talked to people who who have aba but that kind of like back and forth and it is hard because when you when you're child is not comfortable with someone or when they're you know only there half the time it's like you can only Mm -hmm. do so much in therapy yeah because so much of it is just like getting them comfortable and able to work with this person exactly yeah totally um okay so then like once you guys were involved with ABA then like did you feel like you were getting somewhere yeah I'm Mm -hmm. I mean we've definitely come yeah, so, so far. Yeah. Um, I think I like to give ABA credit where credit is due, mm-hmm. but I also think, I mean, it's obviously a multitude of things. I mean, um, not only is Owen older, um, but I think my husband and I too have worked really hard mm-hmm. um, to try and um, instill different coping mechanisms, um, you know, to him yeah. and um, just, yeah, I mean, ABA definitely, I mean, is 
a majority of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen, you know, great improvements. They, um, there was a time, you know, when I wasn't even sure that Owen would ever be able to be in a store without a meltdown. Okay. Um, I mean, he was very, any sort of transition was near impossible in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, some transitions to this day are still really difficult. Um, but, um, now, I mean, there was a time too, where I wasn't even sure if he would be potty trained before he was in school. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that was a huge, um, thing. Oh yeah. We're working on that now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's been a process. I mean, he's completely independent now. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it just, um, he obviously overnight is different. Like I don't need that. I don't, I do not need you to hit that bar. You can be no. in a pull up for as long as you want it. Yes. Absolutely. Fine with me. <laughs> uh, so, um, is he verbal now? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And so when, when did his speech come? Um, it started to slowly come back. Um, once ABA started and again, it was very, you know, single words. Um, so at this point, you know, he's 18 months, you know, closer to two. Um, so it's single words and a lot of, of the memorization. So mm-hmm. he could sing his ABCs. He could count to 50, but if you said, hi, how are you? He would just stare at you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so he always had, you know, pieces of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it just slowly, you know, crept out. And in the beginning when he was still in ABA, and our staff was only at one or two people, we were still doing um, the private pay speech therapy too. Okay. Um, so we were kind of double dipping there. Um, and then once our ABA hours ramped up, we backed off and stopped the private speech therapy. Um, and then also at that time, we were able to get him, um, our school district doesn't offer a 3K program but they do offer 3K special education. Mm-hmm. Um, so our school, our homeschool, um, he went two days a week, um, 3K. Um, and it was just like, I don't know, what was it, like 8.30 to 11 or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so because he has a summer birthday, I just redshirted him. So I held him back. So he'll start kindergarten when he's six instead of when he's five. Gosh. Um so then he went again. He just repeated 3K again when he was four. Okay. The same special education. Um, so I think that brought out a lot too. And then when he repeated it the second year, we did three days instead of two days. Okay. Um, so I think that combined with ABA, combined with me being home, um, it just really came around for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously his younger brother, um, had um not I mean nothing to be noted but um my son Noah didn't really say much at all until he was two so that that was kind of in the back of my head a little bit Mm -hmm. um but he also didn't have any other of the signs that Owen had okay so I kind of just let it ride yeah Um, but I think it's because he really didn't have Owen as an example you know because Owen was so minimal in talking yeah. Um, that Noah in a sense of vocabulary was kind of like the firstborn, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then his language exploded and um, 
No, it was very much so neurotypical. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, I think with Noah then talking, that also helped Owen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're very much buddies and, um, you know. Aww. So that's helpful, too. So close in age, too. Yeah, they're all 18 months apart. Girl, you are a big yeah. mama. <laughs> A-Z is what you meant to say. No, I get it. Mine are, my, my first two aren't that close. They're three years apart, but my last two are like just two years apart, yeah. um, which that wasn't planned. So <laughs> 18 months <laughs> apart for all of them. That is. Yeah. So don't feel bad for me. It was all self-inflicted. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> um, it is so it's when Logan was first diagnosed, uh, my daughter Liliana was only one at the time. And the, the, the developmental pediatrician that diagnosed him said to us that she was going to be his best little therapist and it has proved to be so true mm-hmm. over the past couple of years she did three in march and she she's like a, she it's funny because how you were saying like your son uh you know didn't have an example of speech so he didn't talk a lot she was like mm-hmm. exact opposite like she was just like a chatterbox like oh really right from the get-go yes so, which we were just like, we were like, oh, somebody's talking. Yeah, right. <laughs> like our son, Logan is, he's six now and he's, he is still nonverbal. He has a, a, a good amount of words and some that are functional, but he's not at all like conversational and he, okay. he can't, he can approximate a lot of words, but he can't necessarily just like respond with, with words. Um, yeah. So when, when our, our daughter first started talking, we just thought it was like a, miracle we couldn't even yeah we were just like jumping for joy <laughs> um and of course now she like never stops talking um mm-hmm. love it still but it's funny because I in so many ways I have just seen her become that little therapist and it really has helped it has helped Logan so much because he he always like he he doesn't have a problem with other kids he has like no aggressive behaviors he shares really well like he doesn't he has no issue with that but he doesn't necessarily engage very well with other kids yeah and with her she's just like come on we're doing this like does not care if he's not interested or not like she's gonna include him and sometimes he'll get frustrated when she's like strong army a little too much and I'm like okay I'm like let's back off like he doesn't Mm -hmm. be like especially because she is like the little (laughs) sister um, sure. but it is, it is so amazing how siblings are able to, um, just like kind of pick up the pieces with each other. And to her, like, she, I don't think she, I think she knows like that Logan is different because she does kind of like dote on him, mm-hmm. which is very sweet, even though he's older than she is, yes. but she also like just completely accepts him for who he is and has like no issue with yep. the way that he acts. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. It's, it's so amazing. Um, and I'm cur- I'm very interested to see like, as they get older, obviously, mm-hmm. how, how, will go. um, I feel like I'm like such a, such a journey for you guys because he's still so young, but this, your whole process started so young. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it's been like, I don't remember a time without it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's been all encompassing. It is all. I'm, I'm really glad that, you know, we were even able to, like I said, there was a time I wasn't sure, you know, we were literally like, 
well, if we could also file for divorce and just pretend that we're divorced because we get more benefits that way. <laughs> you know, I mean, we literally like thought about it all. You, you know? were going for anything there. Yeah, he just, mm-hmm. and luckily none of that had to happen. So thank goodness. Well, it sounds like you guys are in a much better place now. And it sounds like Noah is doing, or Owen is doing amazing. Yes. Yeah, I'm so proud of him. He's, he's a champion Aww. for sure. He's such a little <laughs> cutie. I love yeah. all, your, all your pictures on Instagram. Do you want to share where people can find you? Yeah. Um, on Instagram, our name is Raising Lexis. Um, so we're there. I don't think we're like hidden or private or anything. So. I'll tag you when I, when I post this too. So yeah. people can find you. And then you also, we were talking before, you also have a blog. I do. <laughs> yes. I haven't posted on it in like a year um but I do have high hopes to get back on there what when you started the blog was it about like the autism journey or what what sparked that um no I just have always had a little niche for writing and um yeah I mean I I definitely have posted about autism on there Mm -hmm. um but um no it was kind of just like a mix all kind of like our Instagram it's really not Mm -hmm. um I mean, I love to like individualize all of them and mm-hmm. um, I definitely want to like reach out and branch out for, you know, advocating for autism, mm-hmm. um, but I also just like the normalcy too. So yeah, totally. Kind of just like a, whatever. I wish it had more of a lane, but it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. No, I think that, I think that's important what you just said, because especially, I mean, like when you are an autism family, it, autism is normal to you. Yeah. That's all you know. Like you said, you yeah. feel like it's been a part of your life forever because yeah. that that's just how it feels. Like it just, yeah. you, when, when it's, when it's new, it seems so foreign, but exactly. it's interesting how quickly it does just become like your new normal. Right. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah, that's totally where we are too. Well, Sarah, it's been so much fun to chat with you. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. All right. Well, take care. All right. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Sarah. I had a great time talking with her. And like I said, at the start of the show, I think it's important to, to talk about these more kind of behind the scene things when it gets started with therapy and the, the difficulty with insurance. And I mean, we talked about a lot during the episode, but I just feel so strongly that, you know, there, there's, there's first of all, just not enough resources available. And then, even the ones that are available, they can be really difficult to access. So I just think it's so important for all of us to continue to share our stories and come together. And hopefully if we make enough noise, then, you know, change will happen and just raising that awareness. I think that that is all so important and such a big part of advocating. Um, Again, I just had such a great time chatting with Sarah, so make sure you you check her out. Her kids are so cute, and she is just really fun to follow over on Instagram. So go find her, Raising Lexes. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast, on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod, or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. Again, I love hearing from you guys. If you have a story you would like to share on the podcast, we want to share your experiences, or if you just want to 
chat and say hi. Either way, love to hear from you. And thank you again so much for listening. If you would be so kind to leave a review for the podcast um, over on Apple Podcasts, that is really helpful for people to find the show. Or, you know, just like share it, tell a friend. If you're enjoying Adventures in Autism, let somebody know. Um, I really appreciate you guys getting the word out. So again, thank you so much for listening and until next time, take care.